Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Good morning. Uh, This morning's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, James. Good morning, church. It's wonderful to be with you. My name's Andrew, one of the team, and um, looking forward to exploring um, the, the, a character in the New Testament called Peter. We're in the middle of a series, in case you've just turned up this morning, and maybe this is your first time. We're doing a series over five weeks looking at different men and women from the Old and the New Testament who inspire us in our faith, to teach us. And so we've looked at Ruth and Mary, a, an Old and a New Testament woman, and, tonight, and, this, and today we're going to be looking at Peter. A few years ago, um, we were in Tasmania one January on holidays, and we went down to a little town called Signet on the south, uh, south of Hobart, and we're in this beautiful little cafe called the Velvet Lounge, um, and we're enjoying a nice meal with the girls, and this, this fella comes up to me and says, G'day, Richard. How are you going? Um, and um, I'm not Richard, right? Um, just in case you're wondering. I'm Andrew. Um, and, and I started having a conversation with this fellow. And he goes, it is, it is Richard Flanagan, isn't it? And I'm like, no. Uh, but it started to trig on because this was the third time this had happened. Um, he said, Richard, anyone, has anyone ever heard of Richard Flanagan, the author? Richard Flanagan won the Man Booker Prize, which is the highest literary prize for fiction, um, back in 2014 for his book, uh, The Long Road to the Deep North, about the Burma Railway. And so he's, he's, because he's Tasmanian, everyone in Tasmania, like his face is everywhere in, in Tasmanian newspapers that year. And for some reason, some people thought I looked a little like him. Maybe it was like the dark lights. But, so you need to see me without my glasses and without my, um, my, my, little, my little beard. Um, so that's what I look like without a beard and without glasses, right? Um, <laughs> I know, a bit strange. Um, but work with me. And so this, so this, I got this from the net of Richard, of Richard Flanagan. What do, what do you reckon? Do you reckon is there any similarity? My, my wife reckons it like in the eyes and around the mouth. Um, just a little bit. Just, just, whoop, just, just enough that if, it's, if you don't really know him, if you only just saw him in the newspaper... 
um, you might think that maybe I was Richard Flanagan. So, it was, <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, mistaken identity. Was it, was it a case of um, mistaken identity for Peter? Because you see, when we read about Peter, we often see him called Simon. So sometimes he's called Simon, sometimes he's called Peter. So is it like two different people and it's a bit like Andrew Renucci and Richard Flanagan just getting mixed up? Um, or is it the one person? And what I love about Peter and why I really want to explore Peter with you this morning is because it's the one person and it demonstrates the change that this man goes through from being called Simon to being called Peter. There's actually something going on in the name change about the transformation of him as a person that we're going to explore today. (laughs) I'd like to read to you a quote because I think this quote holds something for us. In, In the shift that Simon went, to become Peter. There was, a, there was a shift in his character. Robert Mulholland wrote a couple of great books, um, Invitation to a Journey and The Deeper Journey. And in The Deeper Journey, he writes, you see, there are two fundamental ways of being human in the world. Trusting in our, in our human resources and abilities or radically trusting God. Okay, just... Get that little sentence um, into you this morning, just for the rest of this sermon. Right, There are two ways of being in the world, trusting in our human resources and abilities or radically trusting in God. You might describe these two ways of being in the world as the false self and the true self, which quite a few authors through history have written about. Unless you are aware of these two selves, these two ways of being in the world, You will have great difficulty allowing God to lead you into a deeper life of wholeness in Christ. So Mulholland asserts that to move into a deeper life of wholeness will require for us to move from our false self to our true self. This journey of moving from trusting in our human resources and abilities into radically trusting in God. And it's this shift that we see Peter moving from Simon, this impetuous um, um, person who just sways left and right, to this incredibly stable bedrock of the early church. So let's explore Simon first of all. And let's, let's use Simon as an example of the false self. The word Simon, there's a few different definitions for Simon from um, to listen, uh, snub-nosed is one definition, uh, shifting sands is another, and also read. So Peter was certainly impulsive. His loyalty was easily, easily swayed. And no better is this demonstrated when we hear him say those heroic words to Jesus. You know, even if I have to die with you, I will never Disown you. Remember when he asserts that to Jesus, when Jesus says, some of you will, will, will um, disown me and leave me. 
he asserts this incredible confidence. Now, what was that confidence founded on? I would assert that it's, it's Peter here was trusting his human resources and abilities. He wasn't radically trusting in God. He was living out of his false self. And we know that because a little later, after making such a powerful um, assertion, he says, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard. And a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he says. You see, we shift like sands when we lift when we live out of our false self. See, our false self lives from, from a position of fear, performance, competition, manipulation, self-reliance, appearance management, and impression management. That's, that's that false self that we can curate. It's the identity that we, that we develop in order to be accepted and validated by others. And we often find Jesus speaking to people in the New Testament who were very much living from their false self, from this human reliance. You might remember in Matthew 6, he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no rewards from your Father in heaven. Because he could see that there, was, there, was, there were people living out of pretense. There were people living, especially the religious leaders of the day, where they would stand on the street corners and pray just to be seen by others, just to gain their sense of validation and worth from what, what, what people thought of them, this, this split-off false self that they would present to the world. And you see, if we're going to live out of our false self by this, by this person that we curate in order to gain a sense of validation from others, then we're not going to be moving into deep wholeness in, in what Tessa was saying you know, when she was leading us about moving in, you know, leaning into your deep belovedness, being loved by God. You know, Tessa was leading us there into wholeness in worship. Brennan Manning is an author that I love, and I think his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, is one of the, one of the top 10 um, that, we, that we all ought to be reading. And... He says this. I'll leave that behind. Thanks, man. For many years, he says, he's, a, he's, a, he's an author, but he's also a minister. Many years I hid from my true self through my performance in ministry. He says, I constructed an identity through sermons, books, and storytelling. I rationalized that if the majority of Christians thought well of me, well, there was nothing wrong with me. The more I invested in ministerial success, the more real the imposter became. And can you see how dangerous this false self is? Now, how do, how do we deal when renowned you know, pastors that have world renown you know, fall morally? Like, like, what's going on? And I suspect, you know, Brennan Manning and, and Mulholland and Jesus is onto something here. 
maybe they've been living for too long on their false self. This persona they've been curating in order to gain people's validation. See, the imposter within whispers things like, Andrew, don't ever be your real self because no one really likes you the way you are. So why don't you create a, a new self? Someone that everyone will respect. And so I deny my true self and I create this person that I think you will like. John Eldridge is a, a wonderful modern author. He writes about this too and he says, From the place of our woundedness, we construct a false self. We find a few gifts that work for us and we try to live off them. I think Eldridge has great insight when he says that from the place of our woundedness, we construct our false self. You see, if we, if we gain rejection early on in life, we can easily you know, curate a new self that will exchange rejection for respect. And so we keep living into this false self, just like Peter was when he was Simon. This, this false self that wanted to impress everyone. Jesus, I will never deny you. I will never disown you. Can you hear the false self speaking? If I can just curate, curate this person that Jesus will respect, then I'll be, I'll be okay. And so he, he speaks out of his false self. And then, not much later, we find him around a fire denying ever knowing Jesus. See, truth is what you bump into when you're wrong. Remember that message a few weeks ago? Truth is what you bump into when you're wrong. And around that campfire, he bumped into the truth about his real character, about his true self. And sometimes that can get a little ugly. There seems a way that is right to a man, says Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. But in the end, it leads to death. The false self seems so right to us sometimes. It shields us from pain, secures us a bit of admiration. But it's ultimately a lie, a lie that Peter needed to be confronted by in order to, for him to move into a deep wholeness. So now let's look at Peter, his transformation from, from Simon to Peter. Um, and there's no better you know, verse than in Matthew 16 when, he, when Jesus affirms his new name. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, Jesus replied. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you, he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
I love how Jesus speaks this out back in Matthew 16. He, he sees the potential in this, in this man for wholeness, from moving from his false self to his true self, from a, a, a reed easily swayed that Simon was to this bedrock of, of deep conviction and confidence. But he speaks it out even before he's there. A couple of weeks ago, we sold our house up on the Central Coast. So we'll be shifting to Sydney. Um, after 28 years of living up on the coast, you know, we left Sydney to go up there to plant a church and my wife's finishing up on, on staff in, in uh, another few weeks. And so next year we'll be moving to Sydney as most of my work is you know, around, based around Sydney. And, um, and so we're shifting. It's a big shift after so many years. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to find a, find a place. We've been looking around. And, um, and fortunately, we have a, a delayed settlement until the 20th of January. So we've got a few weeks to try and find either a house to buy or somewhere to rent. Um, but I've worked out that if we don't find anywhere, there's, there's a kitchen here. You know, there's a shower in the staff bathroom. So we've got a shower, we've got a kitchen, there's a fridge. There's a couple of rooms up there that aren't used very often. That I reckon we might might get a key for. I might keep my key when Sam comes back. Um, So uh, if any of you have like a waterfront mansion that you need like looking after from 20th January onwards, I'm happy to house sit for a few years. Just, just, just a thought, just a thought. The same way that we are shifting physically from Central Coast to Sydney, you know, there are some shifts that Peter went through um, on this journey from, from his false self to his true self. And the first shift that he made was from his pride to a deep sense of humility, from pride to humility. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them. I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. See, this is the journey from false self to true self, from, from self-confidence, from relying on your, the persona that you have developed in order to be, you know, to win the respect of others to the, the true self. Truth is what you bump into when you're wrong. And sometimes it isn't pretty. He bumped into the truth about his false self. He was humiliated and this humility led him on a journey. So this, this, the, his pride led him on a journey into humility. Peter was undone. And I think at some point we all need to get undone by our own pride on this, on this journey of, of wholeness. 
I remember early on when I was at Bible college. I was 22. I was in first year Bible college at Carlingford. Uh, back in those days at our Bible college, uh, when you enrolled, you were in there for four years and we lived on campus. And uh, once a year, we would have a week of evangelism. And we had about maybe 80 students from year one to four. And they split us up into, into four groups, about 20 or so in each group. And this was about maybe three or four months into, my, into the start of my theological training. And I remember we were, we were all meeting as a group uh, in one of the upstairs classrooms. There was one of the lecturers assigned to be our, you know, to watch over us as a group to sort of plan out this week of evangelism that we were doing. I think we were going up to Manning Valley uh, where Barry Rice was pastoring. And, and there was year ones, twos, threes and fours all together. Now, I remember meeting in this classroom and the teacher explaining, you know, what we were doing and so forth. And then, and then the teacher said, look, um, there really needs to be, like, one of you needs to be the leader of the team. And it was, it, everyone was just looking at each other and it was all pretty quiet. And I thought, there's only 20 people. I could lead this team. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. Uh, so I just shot my hand up and I was like, Sir, I'll, I'll lead the team. And I just remember his look. He just, he just looked at me and said, sorry, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm Andrew. Um, and if you, if you need someone to lead the team, I'll lead the team. And I remember he just looked at me and thought and said, no, I don't think so. We're looking for a leader. Um, and I'm like... Okay, I'm a little humiliated here. <laughs> but you know what? It was one of the best things that happened to me. Because it was, my, it was this false self that was speaking. And had that, been, had that been allowed to keep speaking, I could have just become this incredibly young, arrogant, unhealthy, unwholesome leader that just wanted to just keep impressing everyone. Literally, I, like I put my hand up because I wanted to impress people. I knew I could do it in my self-confidence, but it wasn't a God-confidence. You see, our transformation into wholeness needs to include this shift from pride to humility. And we see this shift in the life of Peter so beautifully from this, from this arrogance of, I'll never disown you to the humility whereby at the end of Peter's life, when he was being martyred for his faith, he spoke up and he said, look, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy. That's humility. We also see this shift from insecurity to security. Peter certainly displayed tendencies towards insecurity. Like carrying a sword to a prayer meeting. Who does that? <laughs> he literally brought a sword, not the Bible, the sword, the actual sword, to a prayer meeting. Jesus said, let's go up to the mountain to pray. So he brings a sword. Um, that's insecurity. Um, he ends up even cutting off the high priest servant's ear. Remember when he gets Jesus arrested? 
this bravado, this sense of, hey, I'm going to gain my security from something else, from my sword. Some gain their sense of security from their title, their role, the letters after their name, whatever your sword is. You know, we, we can rely on something to give us a sense of security like, like Peter was. And we do that when we are insecure. Peter wanted to impress everyone with his sword. Jesus knew that and he knew that Peter needed to go on this journey of insecurity to deep security where he wouldn't gain his sense of security from outside things but he would gain his deep sense of security from in here, from, from his identity, from who he is in his relationship with God. And so we find Jesus ministering to Peter so beautifully at the end of John where he says, you know, when they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered. He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, in this little scene, we see Jesus' Jesus validation of him as a person. We see Jesus' love for him. Jesus accepted, I mean, Jesus could have rejected him, right, for denying him three times. But in this beautiful scene, we find him affirming him three times, almost like to, to negate the three times that he that disowned him. And in this scene, he places incredible trust in Peter, more trust than he's putting into any other disciple. My sheep are the most precious things to me. The people who are following, to you I entrust them all, Peter. You feed my sheep. He shows him deep love, deep acceptance and deep trust. And that, this, that was a part of his, his whole transformation. And I think it's really hard to move from a place of living out of our false self to our true self if we also don't come to that place of realising that, you know, we don't, we don't need to impress anyone. But when Jesus looks at us, he accepts us, he forgives us, he trusts us and he loves us. So much that he's given us the responsibility for the kingdom here on earth to grow it, expand it. He's given us the the ministry and the message of reconciliation from Corinthians. He trusts us. He loves us. And I think when, when Peter has this experience, he just sheds another layer of his false self. He gains the confidence of being able to live into who he really is with a deep trust and confidence in God. 
Mulholland writes, we are created to experience our true self, our true life, our genuine identity, our ultimate value in an intimate, loving union with God at the core of our being. And that's exactly the journey that Peter's gone on and one that we're all invited to take. And the last shift that we see him taking is from self-reliance to God-reliance. Again, we see him being completely reliant on himself when he says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. He was speaking out of his false self. Now we see Peter living out of his transformed, spirit-filled self. Could you imagine this scene um, with, with, the, with the Simon who was beforehand? Who couldn't even... You know, stand up to a, a, young, a young girl around a fire to say that I, I, I know Jesus. Now we see him in the book of Acts. Then Peter, filled with insecurity, filled with pride, filled with self-dependence. See, that person's gone. That was Simon. Simon was the one who was filled with pride and insecurity and self-reliance. But now he's Peter. Now he's transformed by God's love and acceptance and trust. And Peter filled, not with himself, but with the Holy Spirit. Complete God-dependence. Said to them, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in, in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What a transformation. This is the same man Different name, Peter, from a reed to a rock. And people were astonished. They couldn't believe this transformation. And people around you won't believe your transformation when they see you moving on this journey from living out of our false self into our true self. And, you know, I'm still shedding off layers of my false self. There are times when I'm in situations where I'm a little too focused on trying to impress people rather than sitting back into my deep security of who I am in God. Sometimes I worry a little bit too much about the impression that I make. I, I, I see the false self rising up and I say, no, you get back down. When I feel, you know, some pride sneaking in and I'm like no I don't want to live out of a false self I don't want to be anyone that I'm not I don't need to prove anything to anyone because I know that I'm so loved by Jesus he trusts me he forgives me and my deep sense of worth comes from him not from not from others And so we see Peter transformed. Well, this all starts at the cross. 
And we're about to have communion now. And, and these elements remind us of the way that we are all invited into our own journey of transformation. We're all invited to shed our, our false self as we walk up to take these, these elements. We're all invited to, to let go of our, our pride and our insecurity, our self-reliance. We're all invited to let go of those things that we're seeking validation from. We're invited to walk up and, and live into our true self, a complete God-reliance for everything that we need, for our sense of worth, for our sense of, of purpose, for all that God is inviting us into. You know, we really don't believe we can live into all of God's promises for us and all that God has for us whilst we hang on to our false self. Peter couldn't have, hey? If Peter just kept hanging on to his false self, he would never have walked into all that God had for him. I wonder how much I'm missing out on sometimes by just leaning back into my old false self. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your invitation this morning to come to take these elements. Your invitation to receive your deep love and your deep acceptance and your deep forgiveness. And Jesus, I pray that we would receive that this morning. That whether we're here for the first time or the 10 millionth time, Lord, we come afresh this morning. Jesus, we, we acknowledge that that we want to let go of the person that we're trying to develop to, be, to, to impress others. That we want to live into our true self. Jesus, give us the confidence to stop listening to, those, to the voices that prompt us towards ego and pride and insecurity. And Jesus, this morning I pray that you would Help us to tune into your voice. A voice that looks, you know, at all of us and, and just says, I love you. I trust you. I forgive you. And help us, Jesus, to have the confidence of walking forward into this true self, into the person that you've created us to be. confident, faith-filled, courageous man and woman of God who is ready to take hold of every promise that you offer us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more info and all the latest Northside news and events, visit northsidechurch.org.au or download our app today.